Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks over at HypeBot.com. As you, always, thank you, Bruce. Thanks to everybody over at HypeBot for everything you do to support uh, the Music Biz Weekly Podcast Absolutely. and the music industry in general. Um, so, Jay, we were we were off last week, but we've got a special guest, a very special guest, joining us this week. Yeah. We're joined by producer Michael Beinhorn. And Michael, I'm just going to read a little blurb here that was sent to me by your publicist, and you can jump in and and add to it if you if you want. But um, Michael's based in L.A. and has had a hand in watershed albums from the likes of, and sit down because this is a pretty impressive list, Soundgarden, mm. Hole, Mew, Corn, Marilyn Manson, Social Distortion, Ozzy Osbourne, Golden Palominos, Herbie Hancock, Soul Asylum, and many, many more. And and what any I, any that we've heard of? Yeah, exactly. Who are these people? <laughs> Have they sold any albums? <laughs> Is this what the kids are listening to these days? Uh, I, I do I do want I do want to make a quick mention. It does talk about how um, those recordings have combined worldwide sales of more than 45 million albums. That's pretty impressive. impressive. Yeah. And you had two recordings debut in the Billboard Top 10 the same week, Marilyn Manson's Mechanical Animals and Whole Celebrity Skin. That's yeah. pretty impressive. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so you, you, you know a thing or two about producing music. Yeah, you know, I mean, perhaps someone could dispute that. I, you know, <laughs> I don't pretend to know everything. <laughs> Maybe a little something. There, there, there's always going to be uh, a fan out there who says they can produce the album better than you, right? And they might be right. Of course, they, they, <laughs> they, they, they I, I know from my experience, most of the fans who say stuff like that have no experience in what they're talking about. But it's just fun anyway. It sounds um, so easy, it, right? It, it, it is. Yes. So, yes, so, is. so, so Michael, easy. you have um, started a pre-production service. And, yeah, you know, I, I, I would love for us to kind of dig into what that service is and what pre-production is. Because I can tell you from my experience working with, with bands... So many of them don't have any idea what pre-production really means and what it entails. And as you talk about that, I mean, touch base on what production is, because I think there's some misconceptions about what a producer does and doesn't do these days. But, yeah, we'd love to hear about the pre-production. What is production? How do, how do they differ? You know, what is that all about? Oh, Lordy. Loaded <laughs> <laughs> question. This is going to take more than a half an hour. Um, well, it's it's really interesting because I think that the concept of record production and what a music producer does has really kind of changed drastically, particularly over the last, you know, 15, 20 years, I suppose. Uh, especially that because with the of the prevalence. technology? Uh, that's got something to do with it, yeah. yeah. And I also, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of reasons. You know, I, some of which I are, are I, I guess, you know, opinion based. A lot of it, I think, does have to do with the fact that the technology is so readily available and everyone believes that they can do it. 
But I think that there's also sort of like a lack of expertise in the creation of popular music right now. And that the fact that you don't really get the same kind of emotional impact, you know, or hit when you listen to music that you that you were able to get in times gone by. And I'm not a fan of like making retro records by any stretch of the imagination. So that's not where I'm going with this. But there's a certain emotional component that's left out. I think that by and large, that makes people who have ready access to recording technology on a computer feel emboldened that what they can create with the technology they have isn't going to be too far off from what they might hear on the radio. And, you know, it, 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 to a certain extent, they're not, <laughs> they're not far wrong. You know, um, my understanding of, of production is that it's a very specialized kind of service that involves collaborating directly with an artist. Um, one of the reasons that I do less in-studio production now is because I've been coming more and more frequently um, to artists who have this concept of a record producer as a guy who sits in a chair in the studio. The artist says to him, I want this sound. The producer gets it. <laughs> rolls the tape and that's the end, or presses the space bar on the Easy. computer and that's the end of the story. You know, my experience is different. Producer is a collaborator. He works directly, or she works directly with the artist, helping them from the ground up. And that's actually where pre-production starts, creating the foundational elements of the recording, which involves song structures, you know, the, the, the overall conceptual direction that a record's going to go in. You know, all these things that are really, that really kind of bind together to create the firmament on which a recording is created. And that stuff is so important. People kind of confuse the idea, and they've got this idea in their head that um, production means sound. And to, be, to tell you the truth, that is, that's a very important component, but it's only one part. When you hear an album's production, what you're hearing, if it's done in the way that I'm referring to, is actually transparent. You're not, you can't listen to an artist's record and go, I can hear so-and-so's arrangement directions, you know, or how he chose to orchestrate this record, you know, or how he's, you know, how he's kind of giving direction to the musicians and stuff like that. That's stuff that you can't and you shouldn't be able to hear. And that's all stuff that's, you know, that's, involved, that's wrapped up with pre-production. You know, there's also direction that happens in the studio, but it's a constant collaboration between the artist and the producer. Uh, I started doing what I'm doing right now because I've seen an immense lack of these kinds of elements in recording projects. And I feel that it's, you know, that it's to the great detriment of artists right now. I think music is suffering as a result of that. And most of the decisions that are getting made right now, as far as leaving pre-production out, or the fact that most artists don't even know what it is, are purely economic. And economics, while it's completely tied up in music uh, creation right now, should have absolutely nothing to do with how an artist makes a record. Well, you know, and Michael, I was going to ask you, it seems to me the, the big thing that's leading people to not necessarily use producers or even do pre-production is just the simple fact they don't have the money for it anymore. They can barely scrape up the money to record the album, let alone pay somebody to help them with pre-production and production. 
Is 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 yeah. is, is that is that a fair statement? Absolutely. Absolutely it is. Um, but that kind of thinking has actually trickled up <laughs> um, to the, uh, you know, to, to artists that are at a level where they actually could afford to do things like this. Pre-production is something that I think is going to get taken out of the equation right away. But it's not because it hurts the artist economically. In fact, it's quite the opposite. The reason that it goes out of the equation is because it hurts the producer, you know, because the producer signs on to a record and if he's doing pre-production, he's looking at it, you know, possibly two to three months worth of time, even before he walks into a studio with an artist where he's, you know, bouncing arrangement ideas back and forth, talking about song structures, you know, discussing whether certain songs even belong on the recording. That all takes, you know, building the foundation takes a lot of time. Um, but, you know, for an artist, you know, an artist isn't necessarily laying out tons of money to do this. So it's a matter of being able to find a facility where an artist actually can have that done for them, you know, without the kind, without the crazy expenditure of that impacting a, a, record, a full-on recording. Well, let me ask, ask you this, Mike. Is, is pre-production something that can help lower the cost of the actual production because a lot of that work is done ahead of time and there's more planning or not? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and there's one other thing, you know, and I think a lot of people miss this. It's so important. When people make records now, they look at the record as sort of a precursor to touring, you know, which is kind of the reverse of what it used to be. A tour right. was done on the back of a record, you right. know, like this is an amazing record. Now we're going to tour it. Not as, okay, we're making a record so we can go play some dates, you know, yeah. People don't see records the same way anymore, you know, but it's very important for an artist to consider this very carefully. What's going to be left behind after everything has ended? Is it going to be the record or is it going to be the date that you played, you know, where you got, where you, you got paid, you know, X amount of dollars. That's a good the point. record, the recording that you make is going to live behind after you into perpetuity, perhaps. Yeah. It's, going, it, to it's going to be on the face of this earth after you after mm -hmm. you've passed on that's an why not make it as as good as it can be excellent point because I, I i've told a number of clients that you know when you're in there recording you have to end up with a recording that you just absolutely love and that will represent you forever because it's going to have your name on it it's going to have your photo on it for history and myself as a marketing producer a marketing person or your booking agent or your radio person or even the studio engineer, it's not their name that's going to be out there for eternity. It's your name. And and you have to make sure that that album, that EP, that single is everything you want it to be. Unquestionably. There's no doubt. Uh, and you, you have to... And further, you're using... You're, you're using what you're recording as a way to communicate your ideas, your feelings. It's a, it's a mode of expression. That's what music is, you know? So why do a half-cocked version of what, you, right. of what you can do? Why not make it the best thing that you can possibly make it? And this is also how people stand out in a crowd of a bunch of other people who are really trying to do exactly the same thing, and it's a very competitive field Yeah, right now. absolutely. It's I couldn't agree with you more. Numbers. Yeah, let me ask you this. Yeah. 
with with that in mind, today is kind of you know this new music business is really going back to a meritocracy. It's all about the quality of the track, and people don't have the you know the attention span maybe to listen to full albums all the time. Do you find that you're working on singles and EPs a little bit more, and that also a, a approaches that discussion we had about budgets? Where you know it's better to have one absolutely amazing song than an album that's uh, not recorded properly. Um, well, that's <laughs> another another cluster of questions right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's take uh, the one about singles I, and EPs first. I mean, do you find that you're doing more work on singles and EPs, and there's more focus there, or are artists still? in that old school mindset of I have to have a full length album. Um, maybe a bit more, but not that much in my, you know, but it, of course I'm, I'm not really, I'm not focusing as much on full on record production anymore. Um, so it's a slightly different uh, group of people that I'm, I'm dealing with, but you know, I mean, once in a while there's a person who comes to me with like one song. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I, there's obviously value in in both. I, I don't I don't think the idea of, of of looking at an audience as you know in terms of well they they just can't handle anymore because they've just been saturated with information. I I, I don't know that that's always a good a, a good tack to take when considering how you're presenting music, especially if you know that what you've got is really extraordinary and the the ca- the body of work that you've that you've created tells a real story. People just can't do that as well now, but it's not, it's, it's not invalid either. It's just that no one does it anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, if someone was able, if someone actually did do a recording that had that kind of flow to it, and you know, you know what kinds of records I'm talking about where that's sure. there, where you just transfixed from start to finish, you would definitely, I, I don't think everyone would be able to, to hang with it, but you would definitely see more people than not go back to that format and be like, wow, this is something new because more than having shitty attention spans, I hope I'm allowed to say that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, people are craving experience. They want something that affects them viscerally, you know, and an, a full album does that. Do you, yeah. do you, you know, you sort of mentioned in passing that, that the, it, it's from in the, from the top down, there's, there's, artists that we would be surprised to learn that are not interested in producers and pre-production anymore. And, and I've noticed that as well. And is, is your feeling, because this is how I feel about it, um, that that's being driven by the fact that these artists are going, well, you know what, I could hire, I could hire Michael as a producer, but it's not going to sell me any more records than if I didn't have Michael as a producer. Therefore... I'm cutting that expense out because the bottom line on that spreadsheet doesn't show the numbers going up, which for me as a music fan, it's disheartening to think that that might be the reasoning going on behind albums because I want an artist that's creative to do whatever they need to do to be as creative as possible and not sit here and go, well, I'm not going to be creative because the bottom line says it's not worth being creative. I, 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 feel, yeah. I feel that's an injustice as a music listener. 
Um, And I don't disagree with you, you know, and yes, I don't think that's the only reason, but it's definitely one very important reason. And, you know, this whole concept of democratizing music creation and stuff like that has given rise to this idea that that artists don't need producers, which, you know, if an artist really believes that, that's fine. I, it's not my job to convince anyone otherwise. If that's your fervent belief, take it and run with it. But a producer, at least the right kind of producer, someone who, will, who is willing to collaborate and spend the time with you to make your music work better, is, can be an invaluable tool in the creative process. And no also question. give an artist a perspective and also give an artist the perspective, something that they can't possibly have on their own. And that's a different perspective on their work. You know, this is something that people don't really emphasize enough. The fact is, is that a producer, if you're working with someone who's collaborating with you, is going to, provi- is going to shed light on your music in a different way than you could possibly do it. It's, it's incredibly difficult for a performer-songwriter to have any degree of objectivity on their own creation. Yeah, they're too close to it. True in, yeah, but this is true in any art form. And the fact is, why should they? You know, having a producer affords the, the, the performer, the, the composer, an opportunity to, to take a step back and not only listen to someone else's perspective, but to gradually be able to assume that perspective and see their music in a completely different way. Because it gives you... it. It basically gives you like a childlike sense of the world. Like you see things anew. You've had this same um, way of looking at, at, at this one thing that you're so close to for so long and all of a sudden, boom, it's a whole different thing. And that's so inspiring, you know, and that, yeah. that's, that's what a producer can really help an artist with. Yeah. So when you're doing pre-production, would you, you know, let's say I'm an artist, I bring you a song, EP, album, whatever it is and we're working together how would that kick off you would listen to the music would you kind of make suggestions on arrangement or instrumentation or what how would that process work well if i know that i can actually bring something to the artist's music i mean chances are i think i can do something something, but i also yeah i don't want to string anyone along but chances are i can um it's it's going to be a case of listening to, to the music. I, I have to do a lot of listening because, yeah. um, well, because, because you really, you want to dig in. You don't want to give a you know, cursory listen and then jot off like a paragraph or three about, yeah, it's a great song. You should record it, you know. <laughs> I'd buy it, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I'm making notes on arrangement. I'm making notes on performance. I'm making notes on song structure. I'm making notes on if I'm listening to the song in the midst of a batch of other songs, whether it fits the body of work that the artist has presented me with. So there's like, there's lots of different angles to look at a piece of music from. Uh, and, you know, ar- arrangement things are, ar- arrangement details are some of the most important aspects of a piece of music. Those can be the elements that, that take a good song and can absolutely trash it. Just because someone's playing a drum beat that doesn't support a vocal, you know, or putting root notes where they're clashing with like a harmony line. You know, it, it, it's endless. And I, I listen for, for specific elements that I know are going are, are to cause problems for someone else hearing the song, you know, that, that are actually affecting the quality of the song. And I have to make extensive notes for the artist and share them with them. From that point, 
we go back and forth. There's going to be email and video conferencing exchanges about music. And it's pretty extensive, you know, but that's what pre-production is. It's heavy lifting, you know, and it has to be done the right way or the artist doesn't walk away with anything of value and they can't grow organically, which is really the name of the game. So when, when an artist decides to engage with you to do pre-production services, are you upfront outlining that it's going to be a four-week, six-week, eight-week process? I mean, how do you know when the pre-production is done? Um, I, I, as far as I can tell, the pre-production is done when everyone listens to a song and they, oh, they go, okay, you know, the foundation is there. There's nothing that's causing the song not to be listenable or, or the group of songs. You know, generally speaking, that can happen pretty quickly. Sometimes it takes a little longer. Um, under the circumstances, if I'm doing pre-production on a person's record, I don't want to spend years doing it. You don't want a Def Leppard <laughs> <But> experience? <laughs> I, well, no, no, I, I've had those anyway. And, um, and they, they, they can definitely yield good fruit, but uh, in this case, nah. <laughs> you know, but... I, I, it's, it's evident. It becomes really evident to the, to the artist and to myself as the person doing the pre-production when it's record ready. And at that point, an artist has a piece of music or a batch of music that they can go into a studio with and just record from top to bottom. But there's also the potential for them to add little bits along the way that they didn't come up with while they were working in pre-production with me. And that's great because they've got room to experiment. Which is even which is makes the process even more fun for them. Is it better for you to have a piano and vocal or acoustic guitar and vocal demo to kind of start so you have kind of a white paper, or do you prefer to have something a little more fleshed out? It's it's a matter of what of, of what uh, the band is composed of, what kind of instrumentation, you know, what they do. Certainly if a piano and vocal arrangement will give an indication, a proper indication of where the song's going to go, then, then definitely. And that said, I've gotten songs that have been, that have been arranged, have been done with completely different orchestration than what the, uh, record, what the end recording was going to turn out like. So, you know, sometimes you kind of have to bob and weave a little bit. It, it's gotcha. interesting. Yeah. You know, uh, getting back to budgets because it just seems like in this day and age this is what we hear all the time is like they've only got x amount of budget available and they want to they want to spend it the best place possible they want to get the most for it so as somebody who does pre-production who is also a producer if if an artist doesn't have the budget to do both pre-production and then bring a producer in after that's done to produce the album but can only do one or the other. What do you feel like pre-production would be more important? <laughs> well, I mean, oh, I, I assume by you saying pre-production only, that means that they would go into the studio. Yeah, they're, 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 like you said, they, they take what is done with you on a pre-production and then they go in there and they take it and then record it top down as it was finished in pre-production because they can't afford to bring a producer and they're just paying the the engineer to hit the buttons or something along those lines because you know the sad the sad fact is there are so many artists out there that 
that's it. They can't have everything. They've got to pick one or the other. Well, interestingly enough, I'm working with an artist where that's happening now. Um, you know, they opted to do pre-production with me instead of hiring a producer because their, their last experience was with an A-list producer who they were able to get into the studio with them for about two and a half weeks, did the whole project soup to nuts, and they were very disappointed with the outcome. They, one of the musicians on the record said this to me, and it has resonated with me ever since. He said, before we started doing this process, meaning pre-production with me, uh, the only way I knew whether the songs that I was working on were any good was after the record was recorded. Oh, yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Think yeah. about that. You know, yeah. this is the, you know, if that's the choice, honestly, I'm going to find, I'm going to get pre-production and get a really, a really shit hot engineer, someone who's as good as I can possibly find to help me do setup, you know, and kind of work my way through the recording, you know, I mean, because basically a producer at that point is going to basically, is going to do not much more than that anyhow. You know, right? Because it, see, um, it seems like a, if if you come out of a great pre-production experience, you basically have a roadmap written for you that you yeah. you can turn that over to a decent engineer, and they're just follow. It's it's sort of like okay, let's just connect the dots now. That's that's essentially the idea. You know, I mean, that of course bars any kind of psychological stuff and interpersonal stuff that comes up over the course of the recording, but chances are... Well, that never happens with artists, weird. does it? <laughs> oh, oh, no. Absolutely not. I, I certainly haven't seen it. You know, that's a, that's, a, that's as rare as a unicorn right there. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, barring any severe impedances in the recording process, you're going to be able to get through it, you know, pretty handily. Got it. So, so, Michael, when if somebody's hearing this and is like, man, I like what he's talking about, how do I get in touch with him? What do I need to do to get the ball rolling? Where, where can our listeners go find you? What do you want them to have ready before they make the first phone call with you? Uh, well, I am located at michaelbeinhorn.com, which is pretty easy. Uh, and, yeah. uh, you know, as far as the, the conversation initiator, it's really just about having, having some demos, having some music demoed in a finished, a relatively finished form. It's interesting because I've been noticing that some of the demos that I've received over time have been kind of iffy. It's just, it, it's been this, I don't know if anyone else has noticed this, but like, it's this phenomenon that's. That, that's cropped up over the past like 15 years. And uh, I'm in the process of writing down a bunch of protocols that I think would be really handy for musicians to have when, yeah. to create, when they're in the process of demo creation, recognizing that someone like myself or, you know, a record company A&R person is going to have to listen to them to, to their demo. And if they have sure. to sift through anything and, it, and more effort is involved than just listening, hearing and understanding what's on the recording, you know they're in for they're in for a bumpy ride as far as getting accepted anywhere or being yeah. understood. So, you know, I'm I'm in the process of of making that as well. So it's a little easier for everybody. Yeah, I wonder if that's just because the technology is just so easy. 
I'm not saying it's the right technology or great technology, but people can record demos on their iPad. So I'm wondering if it's just that barrier to entry is so low now that they're not taking the time to make a quality demo, which will help you do your job better. That has a lot to do with it, you know, and, and also people don't really have good guidelines now. They don't have any good like etiquette. There's no sense of like, will you know, who will find this acceptable because Honestly, what they get to listen to in some cases where people release records, some of the music they listen to does sound unfinished and does sound unstructured. So there's a degree yeah. of acceptance to what I guess in different times would be considered mediocre. Very gotcha. True. Very true. Michael, you know, as, as we said up front, this is a topic that could go into <laughs> such a deep discussion for longer than a half hour. Absolutely. Um, but I'm oh, fast. Yeah. I'm fascinated by this. You know, I, I, I grew up buying my music through the, the 70s and into the 80s. And, you know, I remember buying music solely because the producer name I recognized and I never heard of the artist but I trusted the producer's work and what he's done. Right. And those days I feel are gone. It, 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 it's sad that, that it's happened, but it's fascinating to pick the brain of a producer to find out what goes into crafting that music. Absolutely. I'd like to talk to you again. I think this is really good. Oh, by all means, by all means. Well, where where can people you. find you, Michael? One, one, more, one more time, um, where can they find you? Again, it's michaelbeinhorn.com. Perfect, perfect. And, 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 yeah. let and Michael... I wrote a book called Unlocking Creativity as well. And is, nice. is that available on Amazon? It's available on Amazon and through Hal Leonard, yes. Okay. Awesome. Perfect. Unlocking Creativity. Michael, we appreciate you spending some time with us and, and kind of sharing some of your knowledge and experience. Thank you, Michael. Gentlemen, thank you. Thank Michael, you very much. Thank you so much. Bye. Always fascinating to talk to a producer who's been there, who's done it, who's got the experience. That's, that's sure. sort of like pulling the curtain back and seeing what's yeah. going on. And you saw the artists he's worked with. I mean, he's had success, and he's worked with some great artists and produced some great music. And uh, it's always fascinating to talk yeah. to the people who understand how the sausage is made. And, and, and I can't stress enough, if, if you've got budget, see if you can make it work to do pre-production. It's so important. It, it can right. be the difference between a good song and a great song. Clearly. All right, guys, that's right. it. Music Biz Weekly. We're out of here till next week.